0: Um, for those of you who follow me on Facebook, you might have noticed that, um, I put a sign up on my front door today that said I had a PMS headache, and unless you were a Girl Scout, I did not want you ringing my doorbell. Well, what's really funny is that around 3.30 this afternoon, which is about 30 minutes after the local elementary school gets out, my doorbell rang. And I went to open it, and I was like, some asshole is on my front porch ringing my doorbell, what the? and I'm so mad, and I'll open the door, and I'll be damned if there wasn't a Girl Scout standing there, and she said, my mom walks the neighborhood, and she saw your sign, and she said, you had a Send emergency, <laughs> she said, I'm sorry, I'd have been here sooner, but I was in school, <laughs> I bought a box of everything, I think I handed that little girl 40 bucks, and she... She handed me all my things, and she was like, "Should I come back tomorrow?" And I was like, I-, "I think I'm okay for 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 now." She said, "Well, here, take my card." And she gave me a little card. It's got her cell phone on it in case I have a problem and I need some more cookies. It's the fucking funniest thing that's ever. Oh, it was. Oh, it was adorable. She actually had a card. It is. It was hilarious. Anyway, um. I did have it in an emergency, and she was like totally my superhero. It was like putting out the bat signal, but it was for a Girl Scout. Like you should just like totally have that as an option. You should just like be able to like flip the sign on your house, and a Girl Scout will bring Girl Scout cookies to you. It w- it would be great. For those of you who don't live in the United States or who um, are not familiar with the concept of Girl Scouts, it's a um, it's a national organization. I think that could be in some ca- in Canada as well, in, in some form in some form or fashion. And they teach girls skills, and they go camping. And one of their and their fundraiser every year is cookies. And they go door to door, and they stand out in front of grocery stores, and they sell cookies. And I love Girl Scout cookies. Half the ones I bought today are in the freezer. Um, Lala says it's a worldwide organization, so yeah. So if you don't know what a Girl Scout is, you can go to girlscouts.org and, and find out all about that and support your local Girl Scouts. It's awesome. I highly recommend it. They have great fucking cookies and they are seriously... um geared towards, um, funding women's issues and they're transgender friendly and, um, they're gay friendly and they're just a really good organization. So, um, definitely if you get an opportunity to buy Girl Scout cookies, buy some Girl Scout cookies. Just even if you don't eat cookies, buy some Girl Scout cookies and then you can give them away to somebody else who does eat cookies and they will appreciate you. And so will the Girl Scouts. Now, Tonight's question um, came from Shu 76 and I want you to know that your name immediately reminded me of Mulan. Um, and I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but it was It was really funny. And I went around the house, like, for 15 minutes, and you talking about, you know, shame on you, shame on your cow, shame on your whole family. Not you, personally, but just, you know, that's from Mulan, and it really amused me. Um, you might notice that I'm a little... Um, Extra chatty. That's because I've I've taken a pain relief for my PMS issue, and it's got some caffeine in it. Or I had a whole pot of coffee. One of the two. I'm really hyper right now. Um, I did have a whole pot of coffee. That's no lie. Um, Eight cups of coffee. Uh, That might be an issue. That could be it. Maybe there isn't any caffeine in my pain reliever. Anyways. Shut up. I'm like I'm like a hundred per I'm like ninety five percent coffee. And the rest is spite. I'm I'm ninety five percent coffee and five per five percent spite. Anyway, Wushu says Firstly I wanted to say thank you for your hours and hours of blissful escapism. You are totally welcome. Okay. I love that I can reread and always find something new, some little detail I didn't realize the significance of the first time around or even the second time around. My question was inspired by listening to one of the older podcasts. You mentioned Atlantean Legacy and what might have been our direct AUs, and I was wondering if that was true of any of your other worlds. Thank you for sharing your wonderful stories, and even more, thank you for not letting the assholes drive you away. Again, you are welcome. I'm like asshole-proof, I I promise. Um, I'm bulletproof over here, 100%. Um, That's what happens when you mix spite and coffee. You get bulletproofness. Anyways, um, I think that... Um one of the reasons why I really enjoy fandom is I get to explore concepts and I can do it over and over and over again and um not really uh you know and cuz like professionally you can't. I mean, you explore a theme, you have to move on. Otherwise, you get you know, accused of being um uh you get you get bad reviews, you know, oh, I'm tired of seeing this, I'm tired of reading about this, can you think of something new, blah, 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 blah. But in fandom, I can write 25 time travel AUs, and no one's going to say anything. They're going to be like, oh, yay, more time travel AU, yay. Um. So what happens is, is that um, sometimes I'll use a concept or I'll develop something or I'll create something, and I'll use it, but then... um on a reread or if um, just even while I'm totally like, – like when I'm writing – uh, what can happen is, is that, oh I wish I'd have used it this way or I wish I'd have used it that way and I'll write it down and then the next time I start to write a new story I will use that concept the way I wish I had before so um, sometimes I reuse ideas um, for that reason because I want to explore it a different way, I want to twist it around I want to move it a little bit um, what happens if Rodney doesn't go to Atlantis what happens if he does go to Atlantis and that's what happened with what might have been and Atlantean Legacy, um, that they are in Fat Mirror universes of each other, and this is what happened when Rodney went, and this is what happened when Rodney didn't. Um, so, it just, it, um, uh, it's just, the only real issue in what might have been in Atlantean Legacy is Taylor, Um, in Atlantean legacy, Taylor is from Pegasus in uh what might have been Taylor is from Earth. You think? And that's just um the way uh hammered out and I wanted to use I wanted to put Tayla Taylor in because someone had asked me about her. The thing is is I'd forgotten her and I couldn't figure out how she would have ended up coming back to, um, earth and leaving all of her people behind unless they were all dead. And then that was kind of sad. And I didn't want to really do that. And, um, so I just married her from earth and then, you know, I, I got ready to write Lantian legacy. I almost, I almost kept that. I almost kept her, um, as being from earth, but then I decided, no, no, I'm going to put her back where she belongs. Um, but other than that, uh, that issue particularly uh what might have been Atlantean legacy are um um are mirror universes and you know like um i'm using the concept of harry's uh parcel um magic conclave in the soulmate bond i'm also using it um in a different way uh in a au called child of magic which Um, isn't showing up anywhere but it will probably be on EAD this year Uh, and, and that's an AU where Sirius Severus Sirius and Severus go back in time because Dumbledore fucked up and it basically is murdering magic and the Lord of Magic sends Sirius and Severus Snape Back to fix it, and um, <laughs> and there and there's like a coin toss about who gets to kill Dumbledore. You know, not really a, literally a coin toss because Lily put her foot down. But it's just I wanted to explore that, and um, there's also uh, just. <sighs> Sometimes, like, I don't know, sometimes I'll encounter something and I'm like, oh, I I really enjoy what I did with that. And then I'll move on to my next story and I'll be like, oh, I want to put this right here and and see what happens when I put that right here. And then it ripples out in a different way. So I guess, like, the way I title this this podcast, I do plagiarize myself a little in, in that respect, in that I reuse concepts, and I reuse um, OCs. Um, creating an, an, an original character is a lot of work, and that's why I often reuse them, because why I reinvent that wheel when I've already got a perfectly good character? I can just shove right into that. Yay! Done! <laughs> I don't have to go back and do all that work again, because I've already done it. And... <clears throat> which is how Zale um, Wright ended up both in um, in Phoenix, um, he was making an appearance in Pendragon Legacy, and he was originally um, created for the unspeakable plot. So, I guess, you know, just... I've all my stuff in, in fandom and I can play around and, and do concepts and, and, you know, move characters around and make them good here. And, you know, a little mean here and just, you know, just see how that works and, and see what to do with it. And, um, I'm really enjoying it. And Quentin Deadmarsh was originally created for soulmate bond. He made an appearance in darkly loyal, um, and when I was picking out a character to put in that spot in, in Darkly Loyal, uh, he was the character that popped immediately out to me when I was plotting Darkly Loyal. Like, who can I bring in from my various other universes that that's an OC? And I came very close to putting Daddy as a banner in that um, role, and he's a big part of Phoenix. But then I thought, no, he's not quite what I want. You know, Thaddeus is kind of a blunt object across the board in in all of my AUs. And I wanted someone a little more sly. And then I remembered my Quentin Deadmarsh character, who's um who's a necromancer in what my, in um the, the soulmate bond. I thought, "Oh, I'm going to stick him right there in Dr. Lowell cuz he fits. It's great cuz he's a parcel mouth and he's a little on the dark side. He's you know, he's he's gray as fuck. He he works for the bank. Um and it's just it was a really great fit for my plot in and darkly loyal so when you have a large body of work like i do and i have a large stable of ocs that i can move around um it, it's just a, a a lot of fun and sometimes it gets a little crazy i and sometimes i make a mistake like <laughs> i was um I was writing. Yes, yeah, sometimes it happens. Every once in a while, I make a mistake. You ever make a mistake? I do. Um, what happened? And I don't mean for fuck's sake. I don't mean how old Atlantis is. I mean like this. For for instance, this. The other day, I was writing on her secret, which is a BDSM for Harry Potter, and um. Accidentally wrote Randolph Rampart's name in my plot document. And I was going through my plot document, and I didn't even notice when I did it. I was looking through my document um, to um, to work on the next chapter. And I thought, why the hell is Rampart in this? He's, that's not... That's what... And so I had to take Rampart out, and I don't know who I'm going to stick in. But, you know, Randolph Rampart is a character that I created for Ties That Bind, and he made an appearance in Sentinels of Atlantis as well. Um, And he is a dom um, in in Ties That Bind, so that could be why he he popped into place. But not only is he an American dom, but he's in a different fandom, in a different AU, uh, uh, so that happens. It, it it totally happens, and you're like you don't even know what to do with yourself when that happens. Um, but yeah, that's what happened, and I'm like, well, that that does not work. I need I can't I can't be having that. Um, so I had to take that out and I put a little scribble through it, and um, I stuck somebody else's name in there, but I'm not sure they're really going to work. And I, I'm I might have to make a new OC, which is not you know like I said it's work, but I don't mind doing it. I just um. I'm not sure I have anybody else in my uh, in, in my stable of HP OC characters that will really work in that spot as well as Rampart did. <laughs> and it was I don't even know. I mean, it didn't even cross my mind that I should not have stuck him there. Um. Anyway. That's what happened. Uh, So sometimes, yeah, it it can come back to bite you. I have a really interesting story that um, I created uh, for um, the Sentinel verse, and I kind of rewrote it for the Stargate verse. And one of the um, versions is on my EAD, and I think it's the Sentinel one. Um, And uh, I'm just playing with the idea of – in one – In the Sentinel AU, Jim came online, and Sentinels are known, and um, they can't find the guide for him, and none of the guides work, and Blair's stuck in South America, and his dad finds out that Blair is stuck in South America because he's been um, declared dead, and he doesn't actually um, kind of legally exist, and he throws a big fit and gets him. In the Stargate version, it's John, and John's on Earth, and they can't find him a guide, and then he makes a... they realize that he hasn't met McKay, and they start looking for McKay, and they can't find him. Well, they can't find him because McKay is on Atlantis, and um, they have to bring McKay back to Earth for John. And in both um, in both, AUs, it's, it's basically the same idea. Um, and it's even more than that, because what I did was, when I thought I wanted to make it a Stargate one, I made a copy of the original Sentinel file and edited it into a Stargate story. So I was trying to figure out which version I wanted to go with, and I ended up with two um, that are about 30k a piece. And I don't know what to do with either one of them, really, because I'm not sure, you know. <laughs> but is you know that's the kind of exercise that I highly recommend because it, it teaches you a lot about your craft, and um, your movement, um, and your characters' movement in a story, and their dialogue, and you know cuz a lot of the dialogue of course had to change because what Blair would say Rodney would not <laughs> but John and Jim were actually very similar to me in that there were things that they would both have said you know so that was it was it was really interesting to kind of work through that so you know you never know what an idea is going to do and um if the idea comes back to you 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 want to make it fresh and new for yourself and play with it a little bit and see what happens. And, um, (laughs) go for both. But it's like, yeah, that's what happens. So, yes, of course, um, concepts and, um, original characters and, um, plot devices get reused, um, because you just, um, you kind of develop your own headcanon for how certain things happen and certain things go. Like, it's totally my hand, um, my headcanon that Ron Weasley is terrible in bed. It, that is, ter- I mean, in every single story I write, if there's a reference to his sexual prowess, it's that he's terrible at it. Um, and I think it's because I, I view him as so selfish in canon. And selfish people aren't good at that. It doesn't matter how big it is if he doesn't know how to use it or has no interest in using it in a proper way. Um so yeah that's just my headcanon that that you know Ron's terrible in bed. Um so sometimes headcanon just just gets stuck and and you end up sorry about that. You end up um working it into your stories over and over and over again and you don't even realize you're doing it. It it just it it happens. So um that's how that goes. I hope I've answered your question, and um, uh, feel free to ask some more questions. At the little dragon guy on Mulan is Mushu, not Wushu. But still, your name reminded me of Mushu, and it was really it, – it tickled me, so I appreciate that. Um, you guys have a good week, and – oh. For all of you J.D. Robb fans, I have read the new book, Brotherhood and Death. It is excellent, but please be careful. It is, like, literally the hardest read in that series. its It's got some triggers. It's got some um, explicit descriptions of um, sexual violence. I um, do be careful, and um, if you feel like you can't handle it, just just skip it. Nothing... I would say that while it's a great story, um, and, um, nothing really happens, um, as far as, like, the overall arc of the series, that if you skip this book, uh, you would miss anything. The only thing that I would, um, say is that, um, if you have specific questions and you don't want to read the book, or if you would like me to tell you why, um, Perhaps you shouldn't read the book. And I am saying this in the book before it was really hard. Um, it had rape and torture in it, and it was a really hard read. Uh, what was it called? Um, oh, it wasn't conspiracy. Well, what was the book before? Uh, it was The Serial Killers um, The Man, the Woman, the sadists. Uh That book was a hard read this new one brotherhood is harder a much more difficult and explicit read if you have questions feel free to IM me on um facebook and i'll talk to you about it if you have any questions um it didn't it didn't give me any nightmares or anything but i do think that if you're um very sensitive to that kind of thing that you need to be careful that's all i'm saying it was a great book though it was an excellent book i uh Great story, uh, excellent writing across the board. Always with with J D Rob, she's never a question on that. But um, it it is definitely a, a hard read. So um, anyways, you guys have a good evening, and I will probably see you tomorrow. If you have ideas for a topic, why don't you take your butt over to my website and go to the Ask Me Anything page and stick it on there because I could use some ideas. And that's all she wrote. You guys have a good evening. Thank you. Shut Shut up up, 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 and sit down. down.